News, politics, and special guests with a Texas twist. That's the goal of the Luke Messias Show. Our nation and state are at a crossroads, and if you're not informed, you're not equipped to make the change our community needs. Join the conversation and join the cause for liberty today. Welcome to episode 102 of the Luke Messias Show. Our nation is at a crossroads. And that has subsequently put Texas at a crossroads. And that is something that I and my two friends, John Francis and Michael Sullivan, are going to talk to you about today. We're going to have a discussion amongst ourselves, which hopefully you Texans will find something helpful in. But I see the crossroads that our nation is experiencing as um, produced or, or something that has come about as a result of the fact that every single pillar of society has essentially been, over time, working little by little to ostracize half of our nation. And it started with just people who have a right of center perspective. It's literally traveled all the way to anybody in the middle. It's really anybody not in line with what the West and East Coast of our nation see as orthodox. And if you do not hold those perspectives, you are a heretic. And and previously, since 2010... Democrats nationally, the left, which they've decided to have the Democrat Party be their party by which they will advance their change, they have been somewhat held back by Republicans having some form of control. And if Republicans have done one thing, it's basically not be Democrats. It's the one thing they basically promised America they would do. So since 2010, they've held some form of Congress, which has limited to some extent what the left could accomplish through government. But what they haven't accomplished through government, they're accomplishing through the culture. They're accomplishing through our public school system, higher education, Hollywood, corporate America. So now that all of those institutions see that Democrats have complete control of the U.S. Senate, U.S. Congress, and the executive branch with the president of the United States, they now feel the full freedom to enact all of the radical control that they've wanted to enact on anybody right of center. I personally think they're like starting to bleed into the middle, right? Elon Musk, Joe Rogan, people who are like, I'm kind of a Democrat. They're like, yeah, you're, you're, you're crazy too. Because you're not one of us. This has put Texas at a crossroads. This means that Texas has to decide. I think, and Michael and John will attest to this a little bit, but I think the last 10 years, Texas hasn't led. They've kind of gotten away with standing on the sidelines while other states and other politicians, other elected officials, other areas rose to the occasion. Other speakers, other entities, other uh, voices grew and filled this void that was being created. But now Texas has to decide because standing on the sidelines is going to lead to drastic consequences. So I've brought in John and Michael today to talk about what kind of crossroads Texas is at and what, where do we go from here and, and how do we go about it. So Michael, why don't you tell us some of your kind of takeaways with where yeah, we're Yeah, so, you know, for, for a long time, I'll, I'll mix up your metaphors there, but for a long time, Texas has gotten by with a lot of braggadocio mm-hmm. and a lot of, well, at least we're not California or mm-hmm. at least we're not New York. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you are the least drunk person in a bar, mm-hmm. you are still not a model of sobriety, mm-hmm. nor should you be on the road. Mm-hmm. Um, and Texas has, for the last decade and a half, been the least drunk state at the socialist bar, 
All right, we, we were the ones who have done the least amount of damage, adopted the least worst policies. All right, but at some point, you're still adopting bad policies. At some point, you're still doing wrong things. Mm-hmm. You're just not doing as many wrong things as you know. Thank goodness for the existence of California and the existence of New York yep. and Chicago and all yep. those places, because otherwise, I think we'd have a different view. But we brag a lot. Texans are known for our ability mm-hmm. to self-promote. Um, and, 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 and that, that Piper is needing to be paid now. Mm. And, um, you know, you see it in little things like, you know, Texas having paid, um, in the order of hundreds of millions of taxpayer dollars to Facebook and Google and Apple, mm. um, tax incentives, bring these guys Amazon. in, Amazon, um, and now those are the people who, um, in collusion with government as an oligopoly, um, are going through and censoring conservatives. Mm. Congratulations. Mm. Um, you know, the, the subsidization of the wind energy, which is nothing but a Ponzi scheme mm-hmm. um, meant to push people back into the dark ages. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, go through the litany of things that, you know, we say, oh, well, at least we're not California doing it. Well, we're doing it, just not, just not as bad. Um, Texas is now at a point where we can no longer say, well, at least we're not California, mm-hmm. because all the things that 10, 15 years ago we used to say, at least we're not California, mm-hmm. Illinois, New York about, we've now been doing for years in Texas. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we've, we've adopted them more slowly. Uh, Texans have got to decide, are we, are we really wanting to be a state that loves liberty, mm-hmm. or are we wanting to be just one more um, uh, you know, one more uh, footstone in the path to the road to serfdom. So uh, I wanted to ask you two kind of follow-ups to that. One is, you know, when we discuss the least drunk person in the bar, you know, one of the things that I think uh, you have pointed out for years is that there have been other states that have been leading. So when, when your analogy, there are some states that aren't in the bar, yeah, yeah, right? The, the, that, well, well, there are some states that are not the least up. drunk yeah. State the, of all states, we're the just the least drunk state in the bar. There's this yeah. other area that's, I guess, not in the bar to borrow this metaphor. Yeah, 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 <laughs> and, yeah again, you gotta be careful metaphors. There, there are some so, yeah. sober states. So, well, the, well, at a minimum, there are some states that have switched from you know doing shots of tequila to asking the bartender for coffee. Yeah, you know? and I think that you've seen that um, in South Dakota. Um, with uh, with the governor there, you've seen that with you know Ron DeSantis from Florida, for goodness mm-hmm. sakes. You've you know just go through the line of these states that are doing more and more. Um, you know, just recently, the National Rifle Association, um, which very rarely does anything really pro Second Amendment, but that's another yeah. issue. They entire we're going to move to Texas, a Second Amendment bastion, and Greg yeah. Abbott, oh, we're you know we're a Second Amendment you know bastion, our governor. Um, when in fact. Texas is one of the least free states on Second Amendment. Yeah, of the red states, yeah, right? The red I mean, states. we are literally – we're way behind when it comes to our Republican counterparts. Yeah, so there's so many other states that have – you know, again, they've kind of woken up. There was an interesting statistic from Ballotpedia uh, that said in you know, November there were uh, 5,200 state legislative seats that mm-hmm. were on the ballot. Okay. 315 of those switched parties. Okay. And most of them switched Republican from mm-hmm. Democrat to Republican, um, which is indicative of the fact that you've got a lot of people around mm-hmm. the country who uh, maybe without paying attention necessarily to all the results that they are getting, um, they want something different. They, you know, they want the packaging, the marketing that Republicans and conservatives mm-hmm. claim to adhere to. Now, in mm-hmm. Texas, 
We just had an even swap. So we can't say we gained any yeah. seats in Texas. And th- again, that's an indictment of our Republican-controlled legislature mm-hmm. right there, um, where in the rest of the country, people are trying to leave mm-hmm. the Democrat socialists. And in, and in Texas, uh, we're not sure where to go. So you talked about one of the examples being that over the last eight years, you know, we, we talk about the lack of vision amongst some uh, in the elected class. And, you know, eight years ago, six years ago, four years ago, we're saying, hey, if you've got – if you're Amazon, Apple, Facebook, whatever, we not come only – Come to Texas. Please come. come to Texas. We're going to give you hundreds of millions of dollars. We're going to make sure you never pay property taxes, that all the local property taxpayers around you subsidize your institutions while you're collecting their data and getting – building their dependence on your institution to then be able to silence their voice. We have the fact that two years ago, I mean, we have given colleges massive raises. We mm-hmm. give them more and more and more money. And these are public school institutions, public university institutions that we know are teaching Marxist ideas in the classroom. We have a K through 12 system that our governor has actually pushed to expand into pre-K in a very aggressive way. So we've basically as a state over the last eight years, let's say, told Texans, we want your kids to be more involved in the public education system than they ever were, right? I mean, Republicans have, whether it's not in the Republican platform, but, but the Republicans legislating has said, we want more and more kids in the public education system. We want them in sooner. Mm-hmm. We want to increase the money that all of these institutions from pre-K through college are getting so that they have more and more resources to do what? What is it producing? What is it leading to? And then we turn around and go, oh, my gosh, our young people believe these leftist ideas. Oh, my gosh, all these corporations that we've been subsidizing are turning against us. Oh my! You know what? What are we getting out of this? All these, uh, all these stadiums we're building for all of these sports teams that then turn around and basically feel make every person right of center feel guilty for just having a worldview that is pro-America. So, John, what do you think? What, how, where where does this position Texas when it comes to the national conversation? Because I think you're somebody who understands where we're at nationally. Where does this position Texas in your opinion? Before I answer that, let me just say that I think the biggest problem that we have is that we don't treat liars like they're liars. In other words, if you if you have somebody, everyone has someone in their life that has lied to them, right? Yep. The question is, how do you treat that person? So in other words, the first thing I do, and I think most people do, is they, they reevaluate everything that that person said to them in the past, mm-hmm. right? right? Put it through that new lens. Oh, they're a liar. So did they lie to me previously? And then they... They listen to them while they're speaking. They're, every time this liar is talking to you, you're thinking, I'm not really sure if this is accurate. The truth is we should be doing that with the politicians because, right. uh, I mean, everybody, you hear it all the time, uh, everybody thinks politicians lie. But the question is, do you treat them like they lie? And it's not just the politicians. It's the entirety of the information sources that we have. So, you know, most Republicans, most conservatives uh, across the board – you know, for years, we could look at CNN and MSNBC, you know, MSNBC and ABC, NBC, whoever, right, mm-hmm. and go, oh, these people are a bunch of liars. But what's happened recently is that Fox News has also become a major source of misinformation and, in my opinion, propaganda. And I think it's so dangerous as a nation. You asked about Texas, you know, for years, Texas for decades, maybe maybe hundreds of years, uh, Texas has had this, this – uh, it's part of the culture. Everybody has this, I, this, you know, idea of Texas being so free and so conservative and so mm-hmm. uh, individualistic, mm-hmm. right? 
Um, and the, the reality is that although I, I believe that individual Texans are that way, mm-hmm. by and large, our government is certainly not that way. And I need to pause real quickly and just say, say this. In defense of the people in California, uh, in defense of the people in all these other states, mm-hmm. uh, with the exception of the, the capital cities and the mm-hmm. very large right. uh, areas in, in these cities, Los Angeles, New York, mm-hmm. um, I mean – the reality is that Austin itself is one of the most leftist cities uh, in the country. Yep. And unfortunately, uh, the people that are trying to take our country over, uh, they congregate where the power is. Mm-hmm. And by and large, the folks that live in rural areas want the government to leave them alone. Mm-hmm. Well, the, the end result, if you allow that to happen over time, is that they're going to get more power over you. And that's where we are right now. It's dangerous. So Texas gets positioned at a crossroads because one of the things we've benefited from as a state is the fact that we happen to have a geographic region that has a lot of oil. So we have had a very successful economy that's driven our economy in a very positive way, which then gives politicians plenty of money to keep everyone pretty happy. We're also not California, not New York, so we can compare ourselves and companies can move here because we're not them We don't have an income tax. This isn't something that was accomplished by any of our existing elected class, right? I I think it's kind of interesting because most elected officials, you'd think they accomplished us not having an income tax, right? This was something that we – Every two years, legislators go home and say, we didn't do an income tax. Praise us. Well, that was done – Hundred yeah. you know, decades ago, yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah. Congrats. So, Congratulations, you didn't impose yeah. an income tax the, on the, us. The state reps, six state reps right. ago, should be given credit for that, yeah. not the yeah. existing guy. Um, and so we have to balance our budget. We have to pass a balanced budget, right? So passing a budget, balancing it, not having an income tax, and not being these leftist states sufficed. And now we have a situation where, and I'm going to use the example of big tech, right? So these massive tech conglomerates. Um, start basically attacking half the country. And our governor decides to get the courage to tweet out, it's time to repeal Section 230. Now, by the way, he does this after we've lost... Of the federal code the federal dealing code with the legal liability. After of, yeah, the yeah, Georgia uh, Senate races have gone Democrat, right? So, like, we, we don't even have one chamber. And if we did, we know we still would not be able to repeal Section 230. But, I mean, literally Democrats have complete control. And our governor says, instead of figuring out what what can Texas do, he goes, you know what we need to do? We need to tell Congress to get their butts to work and deliver this policy that has nothing to do. Where in Florida, Ron DeSantis says, hey, I want to take some immediate steps to take all of our public pension funds and figure out how we can divest them from Amazon, Apple, Facebook, Twitter, all these publicly traded companies that literally are attacking my citizens. I mean, you're a publicly traded company, and guess what? You're you're attacking my my citizens, my voters, people who want to see Florida governed in this way, who got motivated to get up and change the governing structure in Florida to put me in power. You're attacking them. We don't need taxpayer money to be invested into your companies. Now, we don't see that kind of example. So I guess um, I'd love to hear both of y'all's thoughts on this. I see Texas at a place where we could lead. I mean, we absolutely can. And then some people can get, um, you know, upset that we haven't, but we could lead tomorrow. We could literally set course and say, unfortunately, not only are we not leading, we're not even following right now. No, we're not even following right now. (laughs) It it would at least be something 
if Greg Abbott and Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick and Speaker Phelan said, well, you know what? We're not bold enough. We're not aggressive enough. We're not intellectually engaged enough to, to do new things. But golly gee willikers, look, we can take what, look what Ron DeSantis did. Uh, hey, can someone just scratch out Florida and put in Texas everywhere that it's necessary? Yeah. And let's just do that. You know, yeah. If we were at least doing that, that would be something. Yeah. You know, it's important. I hate to disagree, but, yeah. but I'm going to disagree. Not leading is leading. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's right. Okay, that's right. not yeah. taking action is taking action. Right. And the reality is we're expecting something. We're hoping that our, that our leaders are going to lead the way that we want them to lead. The reality is their, their actions are proving that they're not leading the way that we want them. They're not conservatives. It's just a fact. I hate to break the news to you. <laughs> but yeah, in case right. it wasn't obvious, the truth is you can learn from people, uh, you know, learn from good people what to do mm-hmm. yep. well and learn from bad people what not to do. And, and we're learning from our governor. Right. Milton, yeah, that's right. That's right. Milton Friedman had, I, I believe it was Milton Friedman, so if, if it was another gentleman who has since passed, I apologize to you, um, but who said, if you want to accomplish something politically, it's not enough to elect the right enough of the right people who want to do the right thing. You have to make it politically beneficial for the wrong people to want to do the right thing. Yeah, that's yeah. Friedman. And, and so, um, well... I think what it comes down to is you have to figure out what embarrasses them. Mm-hmm. And if you can figure out how to embarrass the politicians, that's a surefire way to get them to move. And that's what we're seeing uh, all over the place. Well, and John, I think the other takeaway I'd say from what you said is that um, we all as Texans need to stop looking at people like Greg Abbott mm-hmm. and Dan Patrick and Dade Phelan as, as leaders and recognize that in our system of government, we're supposed to be leaders. Mm. We as the citizens and that we need to stop waiting for Greg Abbott to, you know, you know to do the right thing. Mm. And we need to start making it, to your point, unprofitable for people to be doing the wrong thing with him. I would be so happy if people would actually consider the actions as opposed to the verbiage. Right. Mm. Yeah. We, I, I've always joked, I would love if Twitter Greg Abbott were our governor. <laughs> he, he, that would be a great governor. Yeah, Unfortunately, the, the real Greg Abbott is light years away from the Twitter Greg Abbott. We, um, you know, to, to, to make a, a, I guess, an example of that point that you just talked about, John, we, I remember when the very first episode of the Luke Messiah show was a conversation with Jeff Younger, who is father mm-hmm. of right. James yeah. Younger, a seven-year-old boy whose mom is trying to sexually transition him to be a girl. And she is coordinating with other adults, be it a psychologist, psychiatrist, a pediatrician, and an entire hospital that is all colluding to try to convince this boy that he's a girl. And so Jeff comes on the show, and that's our you know, show that goes all over the place. And I, I remember because um, you know, this is happening in Texas, and Matt Walsh um, from the Daily Wire just tweets out, what the heck is going on in Texas? And tags Greg Abbott. Do you know this is happening? And all of the sudden, Greg Abbott, who's been silent on this issue, even though Texas is literally transitioning more kids than I think almost any state in the union, maybe other he than California. He gets embarrassed. He goes, hey, I'm asking the attorney general to look into this, and we're going to figure this yeah. out. Now, he has not taken any action except for that tweet. So that's a good right. point, right? This yeah. is Twitter, Greg Abbott. Uh, how do you get the Twitter version to also start actually governing and legislating? But what started the actual response? What caused somebody to go, what is going on? It was 
a voice like Ben Shapiro and Matt Walsh saying, hey, what's happening, Governor? It ben w- Shapiro went from there. Glenn Beck started talking about it. It was the embarrassment. Yeah. Right. That's yeah. what caused the action. Yes. The embarrassment yep. that he received is what caused him to act. A lot of the elected class will will try to complain about that. And I've always, you know, I know a lot of elected officials and I tell them, hey, I wish you didn't have to be embarrassed, right? Like, I really wish Alan West is our Texas GOP chairman, who I think has really impressed a lot of Texans by standing up and saying, we've got all these Republican priorities, I want to pass them. And then the elected class, for the most part, there are are several elected officials who have stood with Alan West, right? And that's a great thing that we need to recognize. But most of them, are, are just so ticked that he would even ask them to pass the produce because, these results because they're embarrassed. Yes, yeah. and and what's interesting is if, by dare, the way, all of those he? are things that are on all of their campaign materials. Yes, all th- these are not things that were made up in December. These are things that they have all literally have gone through and reviewed. Almost all of their campaign literature for the past years. Almost all of them say we want this to do these things. Have you ever noticed that every single campaign sign? says conservative Republican. Oh, that's, right. that's right. I've been telling people that I'm part of the Republican wing of the Republican Party. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I ju- it wouldn't it be nice if they actually just told the truth yeah, about who they the are. Yeah. But we know the reason they don't do that is because nobody would elect them if they actually told people what they what they stood for. Well, I mean, it, it, it's little things, John, like what we saw with the House Rules debate where all these cats all run as fierce defenders of the unborn right. and of the, innocent the life. The most and conservative yet, member of yeah, the, the House, supposedly. Oh, and okay. yet, you know, when given the choice to say under our House rules, we're going to prioritize abolishing abortion over naming bridges and highways. Yeah, which should be – I mean, to be fair, naming bridges and, and bridges and, 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 and highways, highways – it is kind of like 1,002 on the list, right? Yeah. 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 No yeah. one campaigns I mean, for that. No one right. campaigns as, I'm going so, to rename FM 1301 so, as whatever. All the amendment was was to say, you know what, instead of focusing on, you know, before we do item number 1,002, perhaps we should do the ones that, that actual conservatives yeah. and the grassroots want to uh, do. do. So which and, is and, in the and, and you have 40 Republicans, including – you know, the self-described most conservative member, right. Briscoe Kane. Uh, well, not, not Briscoe there. Not on that one. No, that was not the other on that one. one. Okay. No, no, the other. He, the... he voted to to keep give Democrats power I'm over. I'm sorry, the committee not chairs. Only committees, that's right. Yeah. And, and yeah. then he also was the only Freedom Caucus member to vote to even put Democrats potentially over committees to allow them to be placed on committees that would oversee the Dealing abortion abortion the legislation. But, so, yeah, yes. But, but all these cats are you know, jumping, jumping up there. To, to essentially to disassociate themselves from how they campaign, yep. to disassociate themselves from what they say when they're blocking block and how blocking. and how dare, how dare, uh, Brian Slayton right. to shame put them in Brian that Slayton. position? Yeah, shame on Brian. In other words, they're they're completely embarrassed, and quite frankly, I I could not have been more proud of right. of Brian. It's yeah. a, he's fantastic. He's making them show what they believe in, right? Um, how dare he? <laughs> <laughs> In uh, Texas, we had we have an opportunity to lead. We know that the majority of the elected class within the Republican Party respond to pressure, respond to basically when, when they're forced into positions, might act, but it, it won't be out of conscience. We, we in, in some ways, it's almost like we have to accept the fact that we don't have elected officials that are are with us, that see what battle is actually happening, that understand who the enemy is, that see, you know, the destruction that's happening within society. That does not exist. And it's an important kind of reality to accept. Right. 
But the, the, but the best of intentions do do? mean absolutely nothing if you don't have actions to follow it up. I could yep. care less about their intentions. Right. I want, to, I want them to have good intentions because it, hopefully it would in, indicate that they're going to do the right thing. But the reality is uh, I don't care about their good intentions. Mm-hmm. The leftists all have great intentions. Mm-hmm. They want to create a utopia, right? Mm-hmm. And the reality is that it, uh, it never works. Right. And, and it's the actions, the good, it's the goodness that we want, the actions, not the, not the intentions. So if, if I'm a Texan, there, there are several things I need to be doing right now, right? I've got to, first of all, go to Texas Scorecard. Mm-hmm. And I've got to sign up, especially since I'm probably going to be, like, kicked off Facebook here in the next several months. So I've got to get my email address plugged in there. I've got to be able to get this information sent directly to me. I've got to look for local organizations. We, we know we're familiar with conservative organizations across Texas in the North Texas area and the Houston area and West and East Texas, where these people can engage Grassroots America, True Texas Project, Parker County Conservatives, various different entities that exist um, where people can go and further engage. Because the more we're organized locally, the more you will be in a position to apply pressure and threaten with embarrassment officials who... who do not have the best intentions. And right. so, I mean, those are just a couple things. Of course, people should listen to the Luke Messia show every single week. But, John, <laughs> what are other things that that Texans can do? I'll tell you one thing I thought of this week, that, that uh, it, and it's just to make some book recommendations and TV recommendations. So I have okay. a 14-year-old son, and I, I, have a li- I have two lists. It's the do not watch list, and okay. then I have the one that's completely, uh, you know, the, the list of things that I encourage him to watch. So I'll list out a, a few. So one is Duck Dynasty, the other is Shark Tank, and the other is Dirty Jobs. I want him to watch every single episode. I want him to watch The Hunger Games because it's a morality play. And by the way, it's brilliantly, brilliantly done. We've lost the culture war, uh, and I want my son to not be uh, not be taking things in. I mean, we, we control the remote control to mm-hmm. our own brain, right? Mm-hmm. And as a parent, you control that remote control to what goes into your children's brain. And quite frankly, I want him to be filled up with things that, that show the reality that, uh, that to succeed in this country has nothing to do with race. It has nothing to do with anything other than if you have a great idea. That's why I, lo- I love Shark Tank because mm. it, it literally promotes the idea. You can see it. You know, you got the 12-year-old black girl that comes up with an awesome product or service or whatever, and she's able to, she's able to make a success of it. And that's what America is all about. It has nothing to do with race. It has everything to do with the ideas that you have. And the passion that you bring to the to the subject, mm-hmm. and and the drive that you have, and so we need to we need to get back to the basics, which is uh, find find good things for your kids to to watch and read. Stop them from well, first first of all, we need to turn all broadcast media off for our own self mm-hmm. because it's propaganda. It's it, mm-hmm. to me, it's I can't stand watching it now because I I know that these people lie. How many times do we have to be lied to? Before we remember, oh yeah, this is a liar. Yeah, right. It's kind of frustrating, but I th- I think there are things we can do. We need to remember that uh, Elijah felt like he was the only one. Turned out he was not the only one. Right. Right. And you know, one of my favorite. I'm gonna. I, I'll just go ahead and say it. My favorite uh, story in the Bible is in Daniel three. And if you haven't read it recently, go read it. It's the one about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, in which. They were trying to get the, the, the deep state, the bureaucracy of, of Daniel's time mm. and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego was uh, – they, they called themselves the prefects and the satraps and the, and the provincial mm-hmm. governors and whatever. 
But the reality is it was the deep state of their time. And this was 20, what, 2,600 mm-hmm. years ago? Yep. So the, there's nothing new. The deep state's been around for a long time. And the reality is that these people used uh, the legal system. Everything that they did to those men and to Daniel was in the context of legal action. It was legal for them to throw Daniel right. into the lion's den. Yep. And so we just need to remember who we are. We need to remember that the way to respond to tyranny is to be willing as an individual to stand up and say, Nebuchadnezzar, I don't really need to answer you in this matter. Mm-hmm. My God is able to save me, but even if he doesn't, uh, you can take a flying leap. Mm-hmm. And the, uh, Anyway. Well, I will, I'm actually going to read that passage. one of my favorite passages uh, in Scripture. Um, so now we'll get into this uh, theological discussion. But it says, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, my, my wife's name is Misha. Mishael is actually her name. Right. And that was Meshach's Hebrew name. Mm-hmm. And then he changed it to, I guess it got changed to Meshach when he got there. Got changed but, for uh, him. Yeah. but there you go. He's, they say, oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to give you an answer concerning this matter, right, of, of worshiping somebody other than our God. If it be so, our God, whom we served, is able to deliver us from the furnace of blazing fire, and he will deliver us out of your hand. So that they're confident of, right? right. Like he, he could deliver us from that fire. And I, let me just tell you something, Nebuchadnezzar, he's going to deliver us from your hand. So you don't have control over us. And then they say, but even if he does not, let it be known to you, O king, that we're not going to serve your gods or worship the golden image that you set up. Right. And uh, anyways, the... But they did that as an individual. And I just think that's really right. important for us to remember that even though we're being, we're being made to feel like that we're isolated, yeah. Facebook is kicking us off. Uh, you know, all these different groups are trying to make us feel very isolated and everyone is feeling isolated mm-hmm. on our side. And I just want to remind everyone that it doesn't matter. Yeah. I, not, I like not, to give people um, some other tangible things. So I want to add to what you just pointed out. And then, Michael, I want to shift over to some of your thoughts on what are some things people can do. But, um, you know, I think it's interesting that we talk about entertainment and that area of culture and what we're consuming. And the Daily Wire recently got yeah. into the media business, right? I mean, the actual right. movie, movie yeah. production business. And this is, I think, very disruptive. In fact, it was, I think Rotten Tomatoes had the audience choice over 95% of people that watched this film that they released liked it, right? And then right. the critics were like 14% positive, yeah. which is <laughs> similar to a lot of this content that, that's not antagonistic to the middle or the center or the right of center's worldview, right? And, um, and that's basically what Daily Wire said, right? We're not – this isn't a Christian film. This isn't something that specifically – you know, or, or a conservative film that says all these people are – that's not our goal. We're not trying to – do what the left does on the opposite side. We just, we are going to produce entertainment. We're going to produce entertainment that you can consume, that people find entertaining, but it's not going to antagonize you. And, um, and so, but, but interestingly enough, you have to be a member of the Daily Wire to be able to watch this film, just like you have to be a member of Netflix or be a prime member of Amazon or pay for Disney Plus to watch their content, right? And so I wouldn't be surprised if we see credit card companies cancel daily wire subscriptions and hosts try to pull. I mean, I'm sure all of them. But as an example, I just want to give like another point that people could say, hey, I I am paying. I'm a big fan of people canceling Netflix. I told people to do that. I did that this year. And, uh, you know, that same amount of money could be spent at the daily wire. And you could now have access to more entertainment that will be produced and, and also news and stuff like that. So that's just another example, I think, of what, when people people are wanting tangible things to do, right? They're wanting, okay, give me a couple action steps because I agree with everything we're saying. Michael, what are some other things that you think? Yeah. Other than listening to the Luke Messiah show. I know you'd be a big fan of that. Exactly. Right? That'd, okay. that'd be fantastic. Um, but look, I, you know, 
we all need to stop for a second and inventory where we place our outrage. Mm-hmm. Um, that, you know, at the end of the day, there's precious little that I individually in a nation of 330 million people um, can necessarily do to affect mm-hmm. how a Democrat state senator uh, or a Democrat U.S. senator from a state far, far away from mm-hmm. where I live, I, very likely can do effects. Now, I can do things. I can check my Christmas card list. I can check my list of friends from high school and other yep. things and get them to call things uh, and to get them to call in. On the other hand, um, I should be taking a look at what's going on in my neck of the woods, mm-hmm. what's happening um, near to me where I can make a tangible impact. Mm-hmm. You know, we um, we as conservatives a long time ago seated city councils and school boards. Uh, we seated in a lot of ways the, the intellectual fights in our state legislatures. Um, and, you know, in most cities in Texas, mm-hmm. 5% turnout in a school board or city mm-hmm. council election, which means 2.5% or 3% of the legally eligible voters mm-hmm. uh, participating in those elections. And, and if we would start directing our outrage in those places and start making those changes, making it, to your point a moment mm-hmm. ago, unprofitable mm-hmm. to, uh, to hold bad ideas and to accomplish bad things and pr- political profitable to hold good ideas and accomplish mm-hmm. good things, um, that, that starts shifting the battle. You know, we, we lost the culture war because for a long time conservatives told their kids, nice boys and girls don't go into arts. They don't go into um, education. They don't go into these things. We need to start reclaiming it. And, mm-hmm. um, and, and that begins by our engagement, to, you know, to, you know, to John's point. Um, but it also and it has to be very practical. You know, we, we need to be voting in school board elections because mm-hmm. your local school board determines the curriculum. Mm-hmm. Your local school board decides whether or not they're going to spend millions and millions of dollars building a monument to football games that they now can't hold because of social distancing requirements. Yeah. You know, all these kind of things. Um, the more we engage in our local communities, the more we network with people around us, uh, the more powerful we can become. One of the things this year has shown is that the right local officials can take action. And so examples that come to mind are um, when Netflix started its basically propaganda of pedophilia with the movie right. Cuties, which is what caused me to cancel my Netflix subscription. And I'm sorry to everyone out there that it took me so long, so you can continue to blame me but because um, I did fund them for a while. But uh, you know, it was a small little East Texas district attorney who was like, mm-hmm. I'm going to convene a jury grand jury, we're going to indict these suckers. You know? yep. and so you go, well, how many of us have reached out to our small town DA and said, hey, what are you doing to deal with this? Well, I, I, I can't do that. It's the same thing that Greg Abbott does when he goes, hey, um, the Democrats in Congress need to repeal this section of federal code. And then that's leadership, right? And and your DA will do that, your county But we're not going to talk about def- taking money away from them because yep. I really like the invitations to the parties. Yep. I really like the starlets showing up at the you know, on the you know, floor of yep. the legislature, whatever it may be. It was it was local county commissioners that mm-hmm. said, we're going to make this a sanctuary county for the unborn. Right. And all of a sudden you're going, wow. I mean, what the legislature wasn't willing to do, small little city councils in East and West Texas started saying, we're going to ban abortion in this city. And now you have a massive fight going on in Lubbock, Texas. We've talked about this on the show and we're encouraging, you know, anybody in the West Texas region realize that this big discussion is happening in Lubbock right there. So so if, if this is something you care about, that would be something that you would be able to look into and engage in, those type of battles um, that are going on. John, do you have any other closing thoughts when it comes to where Texas is at? And um, You know, these are, scary, these are scary times that we're in. Um, and I, I just think that it's important that we build community. Uh, you need to know who your neighbors are. Mm-hmm. And, you know, 
we are a good people and we're not going to tolerate tyranny. But what that means is you have to look out for your neighbors. You have to look out for your family. And, you know, it's not like we're all going to pack up with a bug out bag and go to the woods, right? <laughs> the reality is we're already here. We're already in Texas. There is nowhere else to hide. There is no, nowhere else to run. Uh, it's time for us to fight for what we believe in. And I'm not, I'm not saying that we need to engage in, in violence, but we, we do have a responsibility to stand up for what's right. And there are some bright red lines over which we should never cross. Uh, one for me is the is our Second Amendment rights. If they come for the guns, that's a that that that's well over the bright red line for me. And the reality is, they the, this is coming. It's coming. I hate to say it, but it's I believe it to be true. And Luke, to your point at the beginning, um, just like it's not sufficient for politicians to be on the sideline, to think mm-hmm. they can on the sideline. Same is true for us. Mm. You know, it, That's yep. right. I think it's very cute, people who say, well, you know, I'm just not involved in politics. Well, politics is involved in you, yeah. you know, whether you like it or not. Um, you know, and unless you want to be a serf, unless you want to be a subject, um, then, then you're really, you're, you're in the fight. You are, you are in the fight. You might choose to put your hands in your pocket and allow yourself to be beaten about the head and shoulders, allow your children to be enslaved, allow your property to be stolen from you. Um, you, you, you might want to, but, but make no mistake, you are in the fight. So you can either act like you're in the fight and defend what you believe in, or um, you can be part of the problem. Because look, if, if you're standing there on the, on the battlefield of public policy with your hands shoved deeply into your pockets, you're in my way. I need you fighting. Now, you can be fighting against us. That's fine, too. But you're in the fight. Make no mistake. And I think that you know, the opportunity we have as Texans looking ahead um, is to make clear to everyone that there is a fight for the soul of our country. There's a fight for, for, the, uh, for the very nature of our republic at stake, mm-hmm. and you're in it. Hey, let me, let me say one last thing. Yep. Uh, we haven't said this yet, but I want to publicly say this one more time. I actually meant it when I said it uh, when I was running for office, but I am so incredibly proud of President Donald Trump, and I remain proud of him. Uh, The charges that were brought up against him uh, in the last week or so are completely bogus. I was actually in D.C. uh, and and part of the incredibly huge crowd uh, that was there to support him, and uh, uh, me along with my wife and along with my 70-something-year-old aunt who needs a hip replacement – who was there in spite of uh, in spite of all those things because she's one of the most patriotic Americans. Mm-hmm. And by the way, the crowd was filled with people just like my 75-year-old aunt and my wife and me. And it, it felt awesome to be a part of a part of a group that's patriotic mm-hmm. and to be vilified as being domestic terrorists. And I mean, it's just a continuation of everything that they've that they constantly do. Oh, you're a racist, homophobe, xenophobic, everything that they throw at you. And it's just nonsense. Yeah. So anyway, I just want to make make that point. That's good. Point. Well, I'm grateful for you all joining us and for you, I mean, across the nation, but especially here in Texas. Um, you know, people have said where Texas goes, so goes the nation. And I don't think that's proven to be the case, but but or it has because we've sat on the sidelines for so long. And so while we're sitting on the sidelines, the, the nation is not moving in a direction that is best for those of us who actually believe that liberty and freedom should be preserved. And so for those of you who are finding this to be something that you agree with, I hope that you've listened and and just learned about different things that you could 
do if, if you're concerned. Know that um, regardless of what the elected class believe, they're pretty responsive when voters wake up. And so we're hopeful that so many of you are able to get more empowered and educated through this process um, because as go you, so go the elected class. They're really followers. And, um, and so don't look to them for leadership. Look to them to follow you if you're willing to lead within your community and make a change. And, and so thank you so much for engaging in our content, following this show. Uh, if you haven't subscribed, please consider doing so. If you haven't looked at the other content that the Scorecard is producing here, Texas Scorecard, please look at those shows. Uh, further engage, further educate, further be empowered so that you can help make change within the Lone Star State, which we need made. Because I will tell you, if we do lose Texas, we will lose the nation. If we lose the nation, we will lose any semblance of the free world that we have. So God bless you and God bless Texas. Thank you for listening to the Luke Messiah Show. This program is brought to you by Scorecard Media. Check out texasscorecard.com to read up on all things Texas. Scorecard Media has other podcasts as well. Yeah, they're not as good as this one, but you should still check them out. Honestly, though, visit texasscorecard.com to see all the content they're producing on a daily basis. If you'd like our podcast to grow, please consider subscribing to the show on whatever platform you listen on and leave a review. That helps others find the content we're producing. Thank you. God bless you and God bless Texas. Texas.